2: $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash to buy now. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix.
1: With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any
2: pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T E R M I N I X.com.
0: From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio.
1: Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. Our colleague Noel is not here today, but we will be back soon.
0: They call me Ben. We're joined as always with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It's 2023. It's strange news. One of uh, at least our favorite segments on the show. We hope uh, you feel the same way. Matt, Matt, Mm -hmm. man, (laughs) were you one of the guys who was politely, yeah, 100%, (sighs) who was politely responding to Happy New Year uh, messages by saying, the calendar's uh, cartoonish and arbitrary, but I feel you. And I believe in you.
1: I had way too many, many conversations about that over the holiday season this year, <laughs> just accidentally. And I didn't even mean to, man. I just, it mm. just, I would blurt it out and just have a conversation about Julius Caesar and his calendar <laughs> and like the days that were stolen from all of us. And, you know, winter solstice, it was basically just a bunch of keywords from our conversations and I would just blurt them out in a salad. But it was mm. fun. People, people are into it.
0: Yeah. 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 And, you know, with uh, all due respect, and I mean that objectively, respect up to a certain threshold, uh, the calendar is, as we discovered in some previous explorations, the human calendar calendars are some of the earliest technology that human beings have created. And I, I had a lot of those similar conversations, Matt, where I would I would be talking with people, random people, actually some strangers who had listened to our earlier episode you and I did on the set, uh, the, the calendar heist back in the day in the United Kingdom. And, uh, one of my favorite responses was from an old school vet who we'll call Rosario. And he said, yeah, I know it makes sense, but, uh, You know, call it what you want. Everybody has to agree. We got to move as a unit. You know, the whole world needs to say it's Tuesday when it's Tuesday. And and I thought, you know, hard to find fault with that.
1: Yeah. It's just we've got this weird rolling Tuesday thing that happens.
0: Right. And (laughs) Tuesday kind of
1: rolls around. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's this interesting problem, right, of scale, you know you can create a calendar like the julian calendar the gregorian calendar etc and you can obviously note the imperfections of it but those imperfections often are visible on a longer horizon of time right and in the immediate horizon of time people just all want to be on the same page <laughs> and uh, yeah
1: You know, one of the things we all want to be on the same page about, Ben. What's that, Matt? Trusting that when a loved one passes away, uh, we know what's happening to them, to their remains.
0: (laughs) Segway. And here we are off to the races. Yes, that should be something that most people can reasonably assume Right. If I we we talked about this in the past with body brokers, we talked about this in uh, a couple of other stories about, oh, gosh, that guy in Georgia that we brought up a couple Mm -hmm. of times. Yeah, this is a fundamental violation of trust. Uh, What what happens when things go wrong? I think we've got maybe an update here.
1: We do. We have an unfortunate update about a particular place. a a business that was operating in a couple of different ways. So let's head on out to Montrose, Colorado. I think that's how you would say that. It's about a five-hour drive southwest of Denver, like 265 miles or something uh, by road, not as the crow flies. Um, This place, one building, two businesses. The first business was called or known as Sunset Mesa. It was a funeral home. A place where families would go after a loved one died and seek the services to have that person you know, interred. however they saw fit. Whether it's either burial or being cremated, that's uh, generally the services that they would offer. And they would do those things, you know, sell coffins, that kind of stuff. The other business that was in the same building was called Donor Services. It's a secondary business, separate business. And can you guess what that company specialized in? What did that company specialize in? (laughs) Well, it's (laughs) in the name uh, Body Parts and Full Body Donation for Science. The thing that we've talked about. still wildly
0: unregulated.
1: Yes, still wildly
0: unregulated.
1: Well, um, this company was run at least primarily by two individuals. One person named Megan Hess and another person named Shirley Koch, I believe, is how you'd say that. Or maybe Coke, probably Coke, right? It's like the Coke brothers, spelled the same mm. way, K-O-C-H. Coke, yeah. And uh, Shirley was is Megan's mom. Ah, okay, so here's what was happening over at Mesa for years, several years. Families would come ask for those services for a loved one who died, then Shirley and Megan together would defraud those people by, you know, allowing them, that family, to pay for funeral services for, let's say, services to have a loved one cremated. They wouldn't, in fact, cremate that person, or at least all of that person. They would instead take them into the back and chop that body up, and create false paperwork, like donate, body donation paperwork, for those individuals and their various body parts, and then they would sell them. Uh, for not a ton of money, but for uh, quite a bit of money. It's not like these two were getting massively rich or something, but they just started this business going. It was like a machine that started running, and it didn't stop until they got caught. Now, do we we know for how long this operation continued? Well, then, I'm not positive how long this was occurring, but I do know that it goes back to at least 2011 because of the reporting coming out of the Denver Post. Um, But I don't want to get too far ahead here. The reason why any of us know about any of this is because of an investigation carried out by Reuters that dates back to 2016, uh, or between 2016 and 2018, they were looking into the body broker issue across the board, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this is one of the places that kind of hit on their radar when they started talking to family members. Um, and there was an FBI investigation where they began to identify the remains. Like, let's say your loved one got cremated. It, uh, that person came home in a, a jar of sorts, a container of sorts. The family believes, oh, that's my, you know, that's Uncle Jerry or whatever. And the FBI confirmed through testing that, no, in fact, that is the remains of multiple people, probably multiple parts of multiple people just burned up together. Um, And if that's not heartbreaking and like makes you want to hit something really hard, uh, it should um, okay, so let's talk about what happened to Megan and Shirley. They both pleaded guilty back in July of last year, 2022, to fraud, essentially. The, you know They did some horrible, macabre things to dead bodies, like unspeakable things to dead bodies. Um, but ultimately, the thing they're getting in trouble for is filling out that false paperwork on behalf of those families. Right, And then mm. uh, gaining money from selling it to places that thought, you know, a research organization that thought everything was on the up and up. It was fraudulent. Mm. Uh, Megan Hess was sentenced to 20 years, which was the maximum number of years that she could have gotten. And Shirley Koch was sentenced to 15 years. And I think one of the reasons Shirley was uh, given less years because she discussed out loud during the process of how she was the person cutting up bodies, what? admitted to a lot of it. She admitted to oh. a lot of the things that she was doing. She's also sixty nine years old, and you know she's still getting fifteen years in prison. Um, it's just, it's one of those things where. In my mind, and I don't have the facts about this, so I haven't actually seen that it's been proven in a court of law that Shirley was the one cutting out the bodies, but it feels like something you might say or admit to if you're a parent of someone who's also getting in equal trouble, like, you know, I'll take the blame. feels like that to me. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, so that they they got sentenced. The reason we're talking about this today is because they were sentenced on Tuesday, the 3rd, 2023. So it's finally kind of the end to this crazy story that all of these family members have been going through uh, who've had people, you know, run through that system uh, unwillingly and unknowingly. They, they finally got to see these two get locked up. Um, so that's really why we're talking about it today. It's a much bigger story though, Ben, I don't know if we want to touch on the full thing, but it's just kind of, mm. it's just gross. It's stinks. Um, mm. It's just pretty awful. You can read all about it if you want to. The reporting is widespread. A lot of it's coming from, as I said, Denver Post, Reuters. Uh, the Guardian had a write-up on it. You can find it everywhere.
0: Yeah, and you can also find, uh, speaking to that point about larger contexts, you can also find more information about this in our previous episode on the body broker industry, which remains unregulated today remains is not a pun and anybody who yeah. treats that as a pun you should feel bad so yeah. the uh, the the issue too is that to be uh quite concrete about this just because this one group of folks got convicted it doesn't mean that the families have a happy ending it is virtually impossible to trace the um you know, the, to to trace the timeline for each body part that got sold or trafficked, I would use the word trafficked anonymously, right? Uh, the people who are receiving this stuff, it reminds me a little bit of the museum problem, Matt. You mm-hmm. know, the the idea that a museum uh, procurer or curator can say, Well, we did our due diligence and these people are, you know, they they said uh, they looked on the up and up when they gave us these bronzes right from a country that is not of their origin. And we cough, cough, British Museum, cough, cough, have no problem taking
1: it. And they had a (laughs) piece of paper and it looked legit. It
0: had a stamp, you know. The stamp was in colors, like it really popped. And Dude, that stamp,
1: it. <laughs> it is like that. It is like that. And you know something I forgot to mention, Ben. Mm. In, there were an estimated five hundred and sixty bodies in total, or or at, at least that many bodies that were quote dissected by this group.
0: And if we're being if we're being coldly objective about this. Uh, when you hear that number over 500, what what we all need to realize, fellow conspiracy realists, is that folks engaged in these operations are practicing rules that would be familiar to the proprietor of any decent automobile chop shop. You make more money selling parts than you do the whole car. So there's it's incredibly difficult uh, if you are a surviving family member to find all of the places where your loved one's remains went. Boy, we are kicking off 2023 in a super positive
1: yeah, I am so sorry, everybody. This is just a story that stood out to, to me and us, and uh, it's something we've it's already about talked justice. about. Yeah, it is. It's about justice, though. Mm-hmm. It's just real, real messed up. Yeah. Gosh, they were charging a grand for a cremation. It didn't mm-hmm. happen at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. At least in the way that they were told. The body of that loved one got donated, chopped up, and then they got sent a jar of remains that was just like all the other victims in this case. Just a bunch wow. of different people. Just a mixtape of ashes. Mm-hmm.
0: So one let let's go for a positive aspect of this. One positive thing amid all this tragedy is that there are more there are more eyes on this problem. There's more awareness. Hopefully, you know the FBI successfully pursuing this kind of investigation. Hopefully, spells uh, spells out a precedent. Right. Hopefully, this will one day become a, a thing of the past. You know, if the FBI is raiding one business in an industry, you can statistically be certain they at least have uh, some scarily accurate eyes on other, other examples of that industry.
1: Look out other CAM website running people in all of your... If you've got a business running CAM... Girl and boy (laughs) services. Watch out. Andrew Tate just went down.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. What's the deal with that guy? Why? why, He
1: was just human trafficking with uh, cameras. Disgusting.
0: Yep. And and also uh, not involved in body broker stuff. Different kind kind of body
1: brokering, actually.
0: That is an excellent point, Matt. This is the reason you and I hang out. Yeah, I will say though. uh, Again, going for a positive note.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good luck. Yeah, going for (laughs) going for a positive
0: note. uh, It's crazy that Greta Thunberg of all people became a hypocrite in that argument because how are you going to be a climate activist and make a burn that enormous? (laughs) Sorry.
1: It's like Uh, we're working live. We're working live.
0: No, no props though. It was it was, Can I, wait, it was hold on.
1: Can I tell you I didn't actually I saw the headlines pop up but I never clicked on it. What wasn't it a tweet or something that she what was it?
0: Yeah, so the um the guy Tate uh I think just proactively, maybe for clout or attention, uh sent sent a message to uh Thunberg's Thunberg's Twitter handle and said Look, I have all these cars, and you know I'm very proud of them. And it, it was trying to do do a neg of some sort, which you know, as a the guy's a pickup artist, uh, mm-hmm. P way they call themselves, and so I think he was trying to do that sort of stuff. Which, which in general, different bag of badgers. But look, don't listen to the pickup artist stuff. It's like self help books. It's mm-hmm. To make those folks money, not to help you as an audience. And, uh, and then she responded with something like, uh, yeah, yeah, send an email to me at small <laughs> at something.com. And, and it, it burned him so bad that he made a uh, response video, which was supposed to um, depict him in his version of a successful like. And he messed up the same way Tracy Jordan messed up on Thirty Rock, which oh. is he was he was eating pizza, and from the pizza boxes, he uh, authorities were able to track no. his location. Yes, sir, and it sealed the deal on the human trafficking arrest. Oh, I didn't even and know it,
2: that. I yeah, did not know th-
0: that. Well, he's got big small brain energy, you know, <sighs> uh, and and then Thumberg came back and said, this was the brutal, like, finisher move, uh, yep. if we're talking MMA. She said, you know, like, when the refs are trying to hold you back and you got to knock one more in. Uh, Thunberg said something along the lines of, this is what happens when you don't recycle your
1: pizza boxes. That's so King awesome. moves. King <laughs> moves.
2: Uh, wow. Yeah. Hey, that's a positive note. We should go to break. I feel good.
0: and we have returned so matt you and doc and i uh managed to find some positivity in a quite quite terrifying uh story in our first part of this strange news segment let's continue to our second story uh it's it's another update man uh Mm -hmm. we talked about this a while ago we actually forecast it just a bit, and that's not calling that's not calling ourselves Nostradamical or mm-hmm. Nostradamish. Uh, Nostradamish. Uh, what, what we're saying is the numbers were there, the statistics were there, the trends, the motivations, they were all there. They're still there. They're mapped out. There are continuing attacks on the infrastructure of the United States. These are soft targets, Uh, Matt, I place enormous priority on credit where it's due. And you brought up the story not too long ago of a fluoride activist in Florida, I believe, a fluoride activist in Florida who uh, had futzed with the water levels, right, at a water treatment plant.
1: Oh, man, I can't remember if I actually, if I'm the one that brought that up, Ben. It might have been through
0: Listener Mail. Okay, okay. And so so this this story illustrated for us what seemed to be not just a one-off case of problems with a specific water treatment plant, but it showed us why infrastructure is both, one, important, and two, easily ignored. You know, it's, it's not hot red meat for the media. Not yet. And so what we're going to do now is talk a little bit about some of the recent infrastructure attacks, some of the patterns we see about the future, and then let's interrogate that perception of patterns because there's a little bit more to the story if we're paying attention. So recently, quite recently... Uh, you and Doc and I were talking about this before we, before we hopped on air today. There was another attack on an energy substation, and this one was in the Pacific Northwest, correct?
1: That is correct, uh, near Tacoma, Washington. Yeah, and in, in those attacks, two people are in custody, actually, which is very nice. For quite a while, at least on Christmas Day, And the next, the following day on December 27th, last year, it's weird to say, um, they were still trying to figure out who the heck was attacking substations and power stations near Tacoma, but they finally got somebody.
0: Yeah, because four got hit Mm -hmm. uh, on Christmas morning, and it didn't take long uh, for these two guys to get arrested on New Year's Eve. So... (laughs) They celebrated 2023 in um, probably not the situation they were hoping for, you know. Wow,
1: they got picked up on New Year's Eve. Oh, (laughs) man. Oh. Mm. Oh. Yeah, I know. Can I make a confession just as a side note here? I did not do a countdown this year. Mm. I was alone at my house with the dogs Mm -hmm. and playing a little Skyrim. I'm sorry oh. everybody that's what I was doing. What? That's
0: uh, that's a king move.
1: Yeah, I was uh finishing up some Thieves Guild stuff and I looked uh-huh. over and it was 1202 and I went, "Hey, look at that." <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, man, that's again uh
0: big fans of Skyrim here. <laughs> I I was at you know me quite well. I was uh writing something ridiculous uh and then Got over my head in some dumb project or another, and I believe Doc told us, codename Doc Holliday, told us that she was watching uh, a game. She was watching a game with the dogs, right? With the bulldogs. And then uh, I heard about that one. Yeah, told us there was a brief moment. Where she said, "Oh, happy New Year, everybody," and then went back to the game <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then Ohio State lost immediately afterward, it was yeah, great.
1: yeah, <laughs> my Epic. dad was so excited, God, he was excited <laughs> and so so everybody
0: uh celebrates New Year's Eve in a different way, right is is what we can say, and uh these guys, we can tell you their names, and this country is legal to disclose people's names. A Guy named Matthew Greenwood and a guy named Jeremy Crahan were attacking these uh, four-power substations in Pierce County in Tacoma, but they were not doing so as, um, they, they were not doing so with a terrorist ideology or anything like that. They had a specific plan in mind.
1: Well, they say, they say they did. They said they, they were going to they t- they go rob a local business. So it's very much big heist energy going on there where <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take down all the power in this whole area and then get in there and get the bonds or whatever they were going to steal.
0: And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you phone records. That's <laughs> yeah. how the FBI got
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take your cell phone to a crime. Scene.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Actually, Don't, wait. Uh, do you take your cell phone to a crime? Scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know,
0: shot spotter. So mm-hmm. the, the, uh, it's, that doesn't apply in this situation. Uh, but also a shout out, man. I was listening to something we did uh, earlier that came out last week. Now, I think where you and I walked through in hopefully not too specific of a detail ways to uh spoof and and fool uh cell phone tracking
1: do you remember that oh that was great oh yeah i
0: was still I, i i listened back and i wanted to make sure we were on we were on the level and it was a great job i really liked your idea by the way of uh recording listening to a television
1: Yeah, it only works if you're only being spied on through audio, though. If there's video involved, it's too bad. That gets a little more sophisticated.
0: Right. And a surveillance state we live in, uh, that's for sure. Actually, if you're listening to this, you're in a surveillance state as well. (laughs) What a time to be alive. Uh, So why are these two guys in Tacoma interested? They failed in their heist. A lot of folks attempting a heist fail. That's just the... Nature of the game, it's like spoken word. Most of it is going to be unsuccessful. Some of it will be amazing. So so the issue here is that there's a larger conversation that the United States needs to have across political boundaries about soft targets, all right? Most of the energy that cities, towns, you know, everything in between most of it is very unprotected, mm. right? One of, the most, uh, one of the most extreme examples I saw of uh, energy substation being even adequately surveilled is a, is a Con Ed building disguised as an apartment block in New York City. And that's just because of the density of people and the frequency of folks walking by. If you are going to almost any area that is not already a federal or military installation, you are going to see the number one protection being what? A chain link fence and some mm-hmm. cameras. And this really, this really spiked, Matt, when, um, when our pal Heinrich over in Germany... <laughs> <laughs> the decayed aristocrat tried to, uh, tried to be the face of an attempted coup. And uh, German, German police and law enforcement overall came down quite hard. And they came with receipts. Uh, the plan for that coup was to detonate uh, an EMP, electromagnetic pulse device. And their thinking was this would be a signal so, people who were on board with this idea, and together they would rise up and they would uh overthrow Germany's current government and institute a monarchy, yeah because they were very interested in dumb ideas about government, and this <sighs> that's just objective monarchies are dumb but the uh the the thing is this I think gave some fuel to the fire, right this is something that you will you will hear about increasingly and we talked about this previously in 2022 you know as long as those substations remain things with essentially no kind of protection the assumption is hey everybody living here needs energy right it's, it's part of life in the United States. So who would be enough of a jerk to attack it? What good would it do? It would help maybe distract local law enforcement for long enough in one area that you could go to a different area of the same metro and then pull a pretty successful heist, right? Like if you wanted to, uh, just for an example, if you like picture your city, if your city has two strip malls, then if you want to rob one of those strip malls or a store there, then what do you do? You create a huge brouhaha at the first strip mall. You distract first responders, right? You, you get the, the deputies, the posses, the, the, uh, the LEOs in general, all converged on that spot. And then really quickly, you scoop in on, on point two. Uh, I'm well, in comfortable- this case, they struck yeah. four locations, right? They did. They did because they were thinking through it, but they weren't thinking about the precedent they were setting. Hmm. This, this means that that kind of tactic is going to be readily apparent to anyone paying attention Not just in the U.S., but in other parts of the world, and make no mistake. Without providing solid proof, I am, I'm virtually certain that intelligence agencies and state actors have deployed similar tactics in the past.
1: Uh, I I, just well, we just saw in the war, the war that's occurring in Ukraine right now. I mean, it's a war, it is a standard war tactic, as you're saying, but like attack the infrastructure, knock that out. If they don't have power, you, you, they, the enemy, whoever they are, can't do certain things. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's true. And I'm, I'm talking about the, um even the fishier side of it, which is the plausible deniability. Oh, side, totally. Right? Yep, yeah, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. So, so why, why is this an issue? Well, yes, the reality is there. These are targets. These are easy targets. And unless something changes, as the U.S. infrastructure continues to decay, right, there will be uh, more opportunities for attack. They will, be, they will likely be actors who think of themselves as domestic actors. But they may not be. They may be financed without their knowing by foreign powers of one sort or another. But the other thing, the question we should end on with this one is, does media reporting of these instances, does it help or does it encourage more mm. similar attempts? And that's an open question. I don't know. What, what's your take, man?
1: I think it might. I was reading in uh, one of the stories you found here, Ben, from the nationalreview.com or nationalreview.com. The article is just titled, Who's Attacking Our Power Grid? And in there, they discuss how attacks on the US power grid, individual attacks like this, are at the highest levels since 2012. But that means there have been in the past fairly high frequencies of attacks on the power grid. It's just we, I haven't heard a ton about them. I don't know if you have, but Ooh. it does appear that it's something that's been happening for quite a while. When it becomes a major news story like the North Carolina attacks that we discussed previously on this show, I wonder if it gives people ideas.
0: Right. That's the question. Are you informing? Are you empowering? Or are you possibly weaponizing?
1: We need those dogs with guns. You know, those robot dogs? Oh yeah, you love those. Yeah. At each substation, there's like a couple of them. Uh, <laughs> oh boy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it it's weird because if you think about a lot of these things, right? These substations outside of dense urban populations, these um these little nodes of modern culture are often put where they are because of NIMBY, not in my backyard concerns. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, they are often not, not in the most accessible places. I want to shout out, we'll keep people anonymous. I want to shout out a Reddit user named Damon, D-A-E-M-I-N, who pointed out that when they were doing a um, a security assessment, let's call it in Wyoming, a while back, they noticed that the nearest town, the nearest mark of civilization to this power station, was a hundred miles away, and Whoa. for law enforcement to travel to the site, it would take four hours if they left immediately. So no there's a way. logistical problem. How do you how do you combat that? Right? How do you how do you get in front of it? Uh, robot dog sentinels. Robot dog sent robot. You know what? robot ravens, too. Let's get some birds up there. you know What about drones.
1: Dwemer sphere <laughs> guardians?
0: Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I like them. I, I, I also think the um, oh, the little Dwemer spiders, mm-hmm. they'd be good, you know, because mm-hmm. they drop out of nowhere. Oh, know?
1: yeah, they got those shock attacks. Come on.
0: Why are we doing half measures? Dragons. Someone invent dragons. We need dragons. See, do, but they will do dragons. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's it.
0: We'll do it. DARPA. Oh, God. Uh, DARPA, DARPA, drop dragons? everything. DARPA, <laughs> drop everything. Get dragons. All right. Uh Folks, we're going to take a pause for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with some things that we've been keeping our eyes on in 2023. And spoiler, we're going to end this show asking for your opinion about what your fellow conspiracy realist should
2: keep an eye on this year.
0: and we've returned full disclosure folks uh i don't know about you matt but i'm sensing a lot of hostility toward ohio state from the good codename doc holiday and i didn't even ask her about it during the break because i I, i'm not up to date i don't know about the villainous past of ohio state
1: ohio state bro
0: educate yourself I mean, back i
3: went to michigan i graduated from michigan it's really it's really that simple just kidding i know so nothing I was like, about and my mom also graduated from michigan so i was uh, like raised to hate ohio state in fact mm-hmm. um, ohio state actually like sent me a letter my senior year in high school because i got a really high score in my act mm-hmm. so i had some different colleges like oh geez sending me, you know like offer letters and so like ohio state sent me a letter offering me a full scholarship and mm-hmm. i burned it
0: no you burned it yeah. Amazing.
3: Dang. I put it in the fireplace. It's not an exaggeration. This actually happened.
0: It's too Jeez. real. It's too real out here. Oh, 2023. <sighs> okay. Uh, so thank you for that information. <laughs> wow. I, 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 am, I am continually amazed. And um, I don't know, this, this kind of information, Matt, it's, it's the sort of stuff that I think makes a lot of us feel centered in our communities in which we live, you know, like sports games, people find so much identification. People identify with their communities the same way that all of us will naturally identify with some region of the world. And there's a big us versus them thing. And this is one of the things that we wanted to keep an eye on in, in the very end of this show today, uh, we're calling this 2023 things to keep an eye on quick update on our pretty divisive episode about foreign investment in housing markets across the planet. <laughs> we got, let's see. We got, uh, we got some folks who said this was in danger of being xenophobic, which I think is true. Uh, we got some folks. We got a lot of folks saying that, This was an investment scam by people who have made money in a shady way in some other country, and they're parking that money in another place to the detriment of people who actually live in that community. And so we have an update now. We spent a lot of time on Canada here, and our Canadian conspiracy realist wrote to us with this. The law has passed. If you are not Canadian, you are banned from buying a home, asterisk, asterisk, fine print, et cetera. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not not looking good for that investment sector, I guess, Mm -hmm. as you'd call it. Because houses, it's just something you don't know as you're growing up, even when you're in college, unless you're specializing in some of this stuff. You don't realize that homes are this weird investment sector for wealthy human beings on planet Earth. And that's really what they are. It's this. It's not a place for you to grow up and, you know, have a good time, have your nice family and do all that stuff. No, 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 no. It's just a thing that it accrues in worth that you mm. then eventually get to flip one day or it turn it into passive income for you and your family for the rest of your life. It's really all it is.
0: Right, right. We're talking specifically about a um – There's a great write-up on this from Nadine Youssef over at uh, British Broadcasting. And there are some statistics we should kick. Like, uh, summer of 2022, a lot of folks may remember it fondly, unless you were trying to buy a home in Canada. The average home price in Canada at that time uh, was $777,200. Canadian. 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 In U.S., that's uh, $568,000. And yeah, and so that is, as Yusuf points out, more than 11 times the median Canadian household after taxes. We've seen similar stuff in Australia. You have seen similar stuff if you live in California, right? Uh, Or London, for example. Uh, This is a larger systemic problem and until this law got passed, it was totally not illegal. I feel like not illegal is watering it down a bit. I don't know.
1: That's the new thing, man. I feel like not illegal. It's just, it's real hot this <laughs> decade. <laughs> Actually, no, they're just humans. That's, that's real hot. It's real hot, this, yeah. this species.
0: Okay, so it's like <laughs> that's where Google was coming from with their don't be evil mm-hmm, mm-hmm. world away from be good or do yep. good. Well, okay, so I'm bringing this up. This is a thing to keep an eye on because I imagine more countries are going to do things similar to this. You know, we have to remember that other countries already have laws banning foreign ownership and have had those laws for quite some time. Thailand would be an excellent example. Large, New Zealand. New Zealand as well. Large uh, large expat communities in both, but pretty strict laws. And I wonder, Matt, whether this leads us to a larger trend over 2023 of increasing sort of... Um, us versus them right? Like, you you told me this story, and I, I wasn't aware of this update until you kicked it right before it we went on air. Uh, Japan, mm-hmm. which has a huge percentage of its population in the Tokyo metro area, Japan is asking people to leave the capital?
1: Dude, they've been asking people to get the heck out of Tokyo for a long time. And they also said... We'll pay you like, seriously, we will we will give you lots and lots of yen and you can get out. Uh, Thank you very much. Mm. The problem is their campaign has not been successful at all. You might you may ask, why are they doing that? And it's because Tokyo in general is just super overcrowded, at least compared to most of the rest of Japan in the more suburban areas that exist out there where populations Mm. are just dwindling. Completely dwindling. CNN Business had a great article titled, Tokyo is so crowded the government is paying families to leave. And they mentioned that the country of Japan is offering families $7,700 U.S. per child, if you're parents, to move to less populated areas on the island or in the country. Mm. Uh, So it's really, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, let's say you got two kids. Wow, that's over $15,000 U.S. or 2 million yen. Mm -hmm. Um, Not not too bad. And you could actually walk down the street. They're also encouraging people to open their own businesses in those places because there's like no businesses in a bunch of these towns that used to be flourishing.
0: Well, that's the pickle, isn't it? I mean, uh, let us not forget that in the U.S. for some time, a couple of states had this program where they would give you uh, land for free as long as you promise to actually live there. What we're seeing then is, uh, I would argue, an increasing trend toward conurbation. That's, that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at your face there. Uh, oh, I just, I'm
1: thinking about Conor yeah. McGregor and like that's how I would describe what he used to do in the ring. Uh, oh,
2: wow. <laughs> when, he was okay.
1: just, when he was just knocking people out left and right. No, nothing didn't land no, for anybody. Oh, okay. I mean,
2: <laughs> judges, uh,
0: they're giving us a ding. Doc Holiday, can we get a ding? Yeah, good. We got the bell. Okay. Well done, Matt. Uh, yeah, Conurbation is just, is just the concept of a metro area with a tie on to sound fancy. And as we have discussed for several years actually for quite a few years now the majority of the human species has lived in cities that's just a numbers game so the prospect of telling someone to go live outside of a city and try to be you know on the forefront of resurrecting that yes. area economically uh that is that is one of those things where I imagine you would get 80% of people to agree with it in principle, but how many would actually go and do it?
1: Hmm. You know what I mean? Well, that's I, we have some numbers for you here. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, Okay. So, Tokyo as a city is the fifth most expensive city that you could live in, okay? That's one of the major reasons they're doing this. Same reason in- why... In the world. In the world, yes. Not in Japan. In the world. Uh, And Japan, as we said, has been trying to do this for quite a while. There uh, There have been numerous attempts to get individuals and families out of Tokyo and into these other places that are more or less unoccupied. And let's see. The last time... Or at least the best information I have right now, there was a plan where they were offering three hundred thousand yen per child for a family to relocate or for a, a single person or a couples right Ooh. um and that was a whole thing where they were offering to help get businesses going. Here we go, here we go in the first year that they launched uh-huh. this, where they're offering people money to leave, yeah, yeah, they had seventy one Total households that participated and actually got out of Tokyo.
0: Holy enemy here! Holy, yeah.
1: Everybody's like, "Nah, Tokyo's pretty good, man."
0: Well, it sounds like you know the majority of households are going. That's a great idea, and let's make sure it happens for someone else.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So there's a current population in Tokyo of 37 million human beings at least the last mm-hmm. time i checked and to have only 71 households move out not great mm-hmm. in 2021 1184 households moved out so a little better but not even a fraction of a drop in the bucket
0: it's difficult as you know uh matt doc holiday i have Spend some time uh, in various situations in South Korea, and one thing that sticks with me about that is the capital there, Seoul, is considered the best place to live by the majority of population. And it's not found. That idea is not founded on some um, vague, abstract concept. It's founded on things like opportunities. Where do I get? where do I get a better life for my kids? Mm. Where does my business have a chance of success? Where can I find a job in some other business? And even though Seoul remains, as of the time of this recording, even though Seoul remains under very dangerous potential threat from uh, the neighbors to the north, uh, people still make that choice. So much so, in fact, that I've heard people refer to moving away from Seoul as stepping down. So Mm. it may be seen, and again, the three of us are not native uh, residents of Japan, so it may be seen as taking a step down to move away from this capital city. And look, folks, if you're not from the United States, just to be very clear about this, most people who live here don't want to live in the capital. They don't want to live in Washington D.C. It's just a pain mm-hmm. in the ass. You know yeah, what I there mean? You go. Okay, it's, yep. it's it's the seat of some wonderful ideas and some terrifying ideas. But the uh,
1: toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm completely joking. <laughs> no joke
0: left behind. Uh, but it's but um, take our word for it. If you've never visited to the capital of the United States, it's not as cool as Tokyo. It's not as cool as Seoul. You know Singapore. what I mean? No, it's, nowhere n- <laughs> it's actually not as cool as New York. I, <laughs> I, I meet so many people who will argue that New York City is the cultural capital of the United States. And I think there's a pretty good case to be made there. But our big reason for bringing this up is that we are talking about the idea of increased nationalism, increased attention on where people would like to live versus where current power structures want them to reside. And that is going to be a big thing. Like We just very, very obliquely outlined plans. And and of course, there's the licensing system in mainland China that dictates where people can live or move even pre-COVID. I posit to you, that this kind of trend will continue. I see in 2023 a further restriction of free movement just overall across the board. I don't know how extreme it'll be, but as climate migrants trend upward, which is inevitable, I think we're going to see a lot more restriction on movement, if not in 2023, then definitely in the coming years.
1: Oh, for sure. There's a story over Christmas about Migrants being dropped off at Kamala Harris's house. Is that right? I can't remember.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's all politicized. Yeah, it's politicized. It's a political goal. And uh, again, when elephants make war, it's the grass that suffers. So regardless of ideology, uh, everybody should be pissed on behalf of folks who were lied to and misled and trucked up somewhere and treated like props instead of human beings. Uh, I I don't know, man. Let's, let's end on something funny. Let's end on a a small time, small time heist, because as, as you and I know uh, this is this strange news. Part of what we're talking about is a pretty good lead into an episode that you and I are doing about overpopulation fact and fiction. Oh, I can't wait. And Speaking of overpopulating things, painful segue, uh, we have even more stories to keep an eye on in 2023, but we're going to call it a day, or in my case, uh, a sunrise for now, <sighs> and we are going to return uh, with more stuff they don't want you to know very soon, big, big thanks to everybody, all of our fellow conspiracy realists who reached out. We can't wait uh, to share some of your stories in our upcoming Listener Mail segment. In the meantime, give us your thoughts on the body broker industry. Give us your thoughts on the potential for continuing attacks on uf's UFC. UFC infrastructure.
1: <laughs> UFC's no, keep it Connor in. McGregor
0: <laughs> <laughs> on UFC or US infrastructure. And uh let us know what and let all of us know what you're keeping an eye on in 2023. We try to be easy to find online: Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, TikTok until that gets banned in the US, which is probably probably on the way uh if you don't like that if you don't sip those social medes why not give us a telephone call
1: yes our number is 1-833-STD-WYTK a minor apologies to everyone we are still a little behind but we're getting closer and closer every day to getting caught up on voicemails so please continue sending them in anything you've got to say give us a call just give yourself a cool nickname, leave a message that's less than three minutes, please, because it will cut you off, and let us know if we can use your name and voice on one of our Listener Mail episodes. If you've got more to say that can fit in that three minutes, why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email? We are Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed.
3: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
0: Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries
2: that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief.